ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Incredible scenes. Morocco fans celebrating after knocking 2010 World Cup winners Spain out of the World Cup and doing so on penalties to reach the World Cup quarterfinals. What a day of action we saw and what an achievement. Morocco fans across the world celebrating that amazing achievement from their team. Welcome into ESPN FC, Kay Murray, Craig Burley and Ali Moreno here in the studio. And as I mentioned, it has been quite the day of World Cup action. There is so much to talk about with both of these games. And we'll be looking ahead to the quarterfinal that comes from them as well. It will be Morocco against Portugal. But let's start with that game between Morocco and Spain going all the way to penalties. Not many chances at all, goalless after 120 minutes of play. But in that penalty shootout, goalkeeper Bono, the hero with two saves, and what a story. It all came down to that deciding penalty. And it was the Madrid born and raised Ashraf Hakimi who sealed the deal with a Penenka penalty, no less. What a day it was. Let's welcome in a few more of our pundits to talk about it. We do have Julien Laurent alongside Shaka Hislop, oh. now in Qatar for us. We have also got Luis Garcia. Uh -oh. Luis, very uh -oh. sorry. We will get to you in just a moment. But let's start with you, Shaka. First of all, you're in the Shaka Hislop studio. What do you think okay. of it? <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> it's exceeded my every expectation, Key. There was no expense spared, and rightly so, I'll, I'll hasten to add. I allowed Jules to come into to the Shaka Hislop studio. That's how nice oh, a guy I am. You're welcome, ne Julia. Neymar's parties <laughs> and VIP access to the Shaka Hislop studio. Well, apparently Shaka is not happy. He normally takes, at least expects, not takes, expects a week to acclimate when he gets to a place like this. <laughs> huh? And we have him working. We have him working, Shaka, straight away, 24 hours after arrival. Talk about rolling out the red carpet, though, for Shaka Hislop. No sooner had... To that point, Go on, Shaka. Craig. Sorry, I was just saying, I've been acclimating for quite some time, Craig. I, I started early. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see. Do you see that the uh, Shaka Hislop studio also includes a ladder? It's right there in the picture as well. Just, just, just in case. Oh, yeah. yeah, there was a ladder. Um, <laughs> it, it's all inclusive, it's you see. It's stairway to heaven. Uh, apparently so. Okay, Shaka Hislop. <laughs> As he said, no expense spared. Yeah. Listen, no sooner had he arrived in Qatar than he was given a ticket to the Morocco-Spain game. What was it like to be there, Shaka? It, it, it was outstanding. It, it, was, it really was a great game to, to be at for, for a number of reasons. Didn't get any goals, but Morocco representing the Arab countries here, here, here in Qatar. And, and I have to say, it, they... they they did themselves proud. And there's a huge Moroccan contingent in terms of fans coming over from Morocco. There's a huge Moroccan population that live here in Qatar. And they all showed up. Right now, there are celebrations in town um, as everybody has hitched their wagon to, to Morocco. Jules, you were there too. You, in fact, predicted that Morocco would advance ahead of this game. You were right. Yeah, I've seen them play in the group stages. I covered their games and I have to say defensively they had been the better side in this tournament. Uh, you knew exactly how they were going to play against Spain. They leave 
very happy to leave the ball to Spain and then be very narrow to, to force Spain to play wide, which they did and, and to no effect really. And then it was a question of could they take one of the chances on set pieces or counter attack or go all the way to the pens. And we know that Yasin Bunu is one of the best penalty stopper. He, you know, he's, he's, he saved two penalties against Erling Haaland when Haaland was at Salzburg, for example. So not many, not many keepers can do that. But what strikes me the most with this, with this Moroccan team and the players that I know in there is just that team spirit and the belief that they are. And today was a historical day for them because no Morocco side ever qualified for the quarterfinal of the World Cup ever. 1986 was the closest they came and they lost in the last few minutes against Germany or against West Germany at the time and, and a lot of time was free kick. And what was really interesting is before the game today, Walid Regragi, Paris born and bred by the way, their coach, <laughs> I had to say Shaka, their coach showed the boys a little video of that game in 1986 and that defeat against Germany to say to them, look, it was just, it was just a, little, a little mistake really. All the details matter in those big games like that and they made no mistake whatsoever today against the Spain, the Spanish. They were almost perfect, and in the end, I think they fully deserved that win. Meanwhile, Luis, what happened to your Spain? <laughs> well, what can I say? We did a lot of passes. I know that Ali is going to be very happy about that. That's the way it is. We have the possession. We were dominant. And what can we say? I mean, I don't want to take any credit from from this Morocco side. I think Spain did what they have to do. They tried to have the ball, they have to try to open on the wide area, try to create chances, but the, the Moroccan team didn't make any any, any mistakes at the back. And uh, to be honest, uh, the, the midfield of uh, Busquets, uh, uh, Gabi and Pedri, they were overrun by Amrabat and Unai. They were really, really impressive. And I was expecting maybe in the last uh, minutes of the game, they will be tired, but they continue uh, being very, very disciplined at the back, very well organized. and. Spain doesn't have that, but that's something that we knew from the very beginning of this tournament. We don't have the players up front that can make, we don't have the Mbappes, we have, don't have the Dembele's, we don't have Neymar, so we don't have these kind of players that on their own they can break two uh, players and, and score a goal. We need that working between all the players, that uh, movement of the ball, that quick passes uh, between the balls. But today, because there was no spaces at all, Busquets, I think they didn't even touch a ball for 20 minutes. Uh, Olmo, Ferran Torres, they couldn't pass their own defenders. They always facing another defender and another defender. Bono was outstanding in all the game, not only in the penalties. And at the end, well, this is the Spain that we knew that it could happen. I think it was a mirage, what we saw in the first game against Costa Rica. A team that opened up against Spain and then we could use that. But at the end, uh, I think that Morocco, uh, in the end, could, uh, could do something today. And it was in the penalties, but... I think that Spain need to continue what they continue doing because they are very young and feel very proud because I think it's been a good tournament for them. Luis Enrique took full responsibility after this, well, correct to picked, do so? Well, he picked the squad and the team and it's not all players that are playing regular or playing well. But uh, Morocco, just briefly, they haven't lost a goal to an opposing player. I mean, that's incredible. Mm. They've lost one goal, it was a, a, an own goal. Rock solid. I mean, rock solid. Denied the space to Busquets. Let the centre-halves have it. Uh, terrific, terrific uh, performance. But Spain, I'm, I'm, I'm sick watching them, to be honest with you. I mean, I've no sympathy. I was sitting there and, as they were bashing their head continually on the wall going... And eventually it happened, but it was ludicrous when Rodri shot from 40 yards. But I'm sitting screaming for... For Christ's sake, somebody shoot from 25 yards, man. Play it around the corner to, to Morata or Asensio. 
get a little one-two and get a strike at goal. No, let's go wide again. Let's try this. Let's try. Let's go back out the other side. It's not working. You have to do something different. We've seen quite a few goals in this tournament from outside the box. We've also seen the odd one or two from 20 yards or so that have taken big deflections and the goalkeeper's been wrong-footed. But you have to buy a ticket for that raffle for it to work. And quite frankly, Spain just ran out of ideas. They're such a frustrating side to watch. So the problem, Ali, they've only got one way of playing. Well, yes, and it's an issue that we knew coming into the tournament and that we had pointed out time and time and time again. What I thought was really frustrating today from Spain's perspective, and yes, the passing side to side that just never stopped. It was endless. The positioning that guys like Gavi and in particular Pedri were taking, though, in the second half, Pedri was playing off of the left shoulder of Laporte. And in the first half, he was playing off of the right shoulder of Rodri, the two center backs. And his role was getting the possession, getting the ball from Laporte to then open up his body and find Jordi Alba over here on the left-hand side. Then that ball would then get played back to Pedri, open up his body, and find Laporte. There was never a pass going that way. And guess what? Who should be in the position to get that ball in between lines for Spain when they're attacking? Usually, a guy like Pedri. So when he gets his head up in the position that he had taken, there was nobody to play into. There was no vertical movement to play into. And to the point of changing the way that you play, at some point, at some point, how about a, a direct ball around the corner? How about a service that turns around Morocco, that forces to defend facing their own goal rather than always defending what's in front of them? It was never uncomfortable up until Nico Williams came on the field and actually took somebody on a 1v1 situation and generated a couple of crosses. But up until that point, it was just from A to B to C to D, and here we go back again this way and back again this way. They never, ever ever looked like scoring today and certainly there was never vertical options there was never never vertical movement and there was never a shot from distance his choice to uh i mean he's been through so much lewis enrique on a personal level uh that i think when he reflects on it there's a big picture here to, to life and and what his family have been through but from a football perspective this is a huge blow obviously for him and the, the players and the spanish public but, but ultimately, you look at his team selection. Unai Simon was always going to play because of the way he plays with his feet and the risks he takes. But let, let's let's peel it back. He played a, a, he played one of the best midfielders in Europe in Rodri at centre half. Busquets looked mustered against Costa Rica. That was probably the end, you know, because then he started to filter away a little bit as more pressure got put on him. He he took two right backs with him and ended up playing uh, Marcus Llorente there. He played Jordi Alba when Baldi's been playing before him at Barcelona. The midfield three was the midfield three, we can argue, but Busquets. Uh, and then we have Asensio and Ferran Torres, who aren't really playing at the clubs. Now, this is what Enrique said. Trust me, this is the way I'm doing it. This is the way I have done it. It's not necessarily about the players that are playing well for Real Madrid or Barca or whoever it is, but the players that I can trust. So he's done it his way and ultimately... It has failed. We ha there are players that are... I mean, he hasn't got the deepest squad, but Morata was the informed striker, whether you like him or not, not, not Asensio, playing decent for Atletico Madrid. He didn't bother taking Aspas. He didn't take Borgia Iglesias. He didn't take Gerard Moreno, even though he's not fully fit. But those guys, maybe particularly Gerard Moreno, might, 
it might bounce off his backside and gets you a goal. He just he took a comfortable squad with him and ultimately they failed. And to the point of Borja Iglesias, this is the sort of game in which you could have used a guy like Borja Iglesias, a guy who can play in between center backs and you can actually play the ball into the box, directly into the box, so that you have services. Quick service. How about an early cross? That never happens for Spain. That would have been available if you had a guy of the profile of Borja Iglesias. Now, I don't want to make this discussion about Borja Iglesias, but it's a larger point in terms of the lack of variety for Spain. Why is there lack of variety? Because you have lack of options. And who limited those options? Well, Luis Enrique and his choices, and now Spain is paying for it. Luis, do you think it might have been a different outcome for Spain had he taken some of these players with him? Of course, at the end, you have a plan B. I think that he had a plan B, but it wasn't no much different from the plan A. Starting with Asensio, with Azufati, or starting with Olmo in the, in the left side, and starting with Sarabia, or starting with Asensio in the right side, at the end, they are very similar. So you don't have a different maker, and that's why Iñaki Williams, that Nico Williams, sorry, that starting that right side, start making more minutes because he's the different maker. He's the player who can be placed on 1v1 on speed, and, and try to make crosses, but then you ha you need to have a player in the box who can grab those those uh, balls. And you, we've seen during the game when uh, Nico uh, Williams was inside, he made a couple of crosses. And when uh, Morata tried to arrive in the near post, there was no one else. There was no one else. There was no uh, player from the left side arriving in the second line or someone from outside of, of the box getting into the box. There was only one player to try to arrive because you have Pedri. Gavi, that they are no players who can arrive to go in the head. So you need to have this kind of different make it players who can play in a different way. Even you had Nicky uh, Yamon, you have Eric Garcia, you have Paul Torres who can play in the center and then use Rodri as a holding midfielder, a player who can arrive in the second line because he's good in the air, because his physical presence can arrive. He's got a fantastic shield from out, from out of the box. So if he arrives to that those spots, like you guys are mentioning, from 25, you can try. Because even as a centre-back, he tried one time in the first half. So at the end, you have this plan B that you can adapt depending on what you need during the game. I think that it was needed something different. And today, we've been proven with one plan A is not enough. And to then, the point, to the, sorry, to the no. point that Luis was making about no second option in the box. There was one really good example of that as Morata actually makes a good run in behind and he gets towards the end line. He's in a very tight angle. And as he's about to either take the shot or cross the ball, everybody else is hanging out top of the 18-yard box, including, and this is when you have had possession of the ball in the attacking half for nearly a minute, two minutes, whatever it may have been. That guys like Danny Olmo are not cra crashing the box. That guys from the second line are not crashing the box. So if Morata takes himself out of the middle to make a diagonal run, and now he's looking for service, there was no service to be had. That is what Spain became, a team that either one had one option or no option at all. There was one interesting thing I heard during the first half on the network in the US that we were watching on. When they went down to their touchline reporter, uh, they say, he, he said that Luis Enrique was telling Ferran Torres that there was, had been a great ball had come in from Danny Olmo uh, from the left side and it fizzed across the face of the goal and he was and Luis Enrique was telling Ferran Torres that he wanted him to get into the back post and I'm sitting going, he's having to tell him that? Mm. An international footballer playing in the last 16 of a World Cup and he's having to tell him he wants him to get in the back post? I mean, that's just not, that's not, that's natural, or it should be. 
I mean, come on. And then in the end, it did all come down to penalties. And Shaka, they were not good penalties from Luis Enrique's side. What was the reaction in the stadium? I, I listen, I, I don't know if it could come across in, in, in the broadcast, but it was very loud in Education City. It was very partisan, uh, very pro-Moroccan, as, as, as you could expect. And I, I, I think that was telling. When the, the toss was made and the decision was, was, was made to, to take the penalties in front of the Spanish crowd, you could hear, you could hear a, a cheer go up because it almost felt as though that was Spain's only option should they should they hold their nerve to hold their nerve but even so the crowd just ramped up the noise it was uh, it was incredibly telling um, and yes the penalties were poor but I don't think that's given Bono enough credit I would say that uh, in particular I thought the penalty save from from Busquets was one that from a goalkeeper perspective I, I enjoyed a lot um, I, and it felt like Morocco were playing for those penalties for quite some time in, in, in their defense. And then they, they made the advantages that playing here in Qatar offered them. They, they just made them count. And, and they were by far the, the, the team and group of individuals that, that held their nerve best. No more, no better punctuated than, than by Hakimi. Jules, there's a few names you could pick from here, but who stood out to you the most from Morocco's team today? Well, I think that the whole collective to start with, because they, they really fought for each other, like they said to us after the game. I think Sofiane Amrabat uh, in, in midfield, who had been struggling with, the back, with back pains. He stayed up until 3 a.m. last night with a physio. He played with an injection. To be able to play like this for 120 minutes, and it was amazing. It was literally everywhere. To see Azedin Unahi, for example, the young midfielder from Angers who's, who was born in France, for Luis Enrique after the game to say, someone really impressed me. That number eight, what was his name? He didn't even know his name. So we said, oh, Unahi, he went, oh my word, where is he coming from? So to see those guys, and, and Saïs at the back with Aguerd, Hakimi, Masrawi, it's a bit different, by the way. Well done, Hakimi, for the Jalen Wardle celebration, of course, the Penguin. That's how cold that Penanke, that Penanke was, by the way, in a very hot stadium. But those guys were outstanding. And then you've got Ziyech, of course, who is the, um, the icing on the cake because he's by far the most talented player. Someone who was not with the national team for the last two years, who came back because of the new head coach, Walid Regragui, who brought him back. But it's, if, if, you could, if you just pick one, I think he has to be the one that Luis Enrique himself picked, picked in that Moroccan team, the young Unai, who was really outstanding in that midfield. Well, that's arrogance for you, isn't it? Uh-huh. That's arrogance for you. Should, you. should you know every player that's coming should, on? He, it's his job, whether he does it or whether he's got some minion doing it for him, that he should know every player in that squad, every single one of them, strengths and weaknesses. And he's asking journalists about a player after the game. I, I'm sorry, that's, that's, that, that tells you that he, he just thought that it was about his side. It's about Spain, it's not about Morocco. I tell you what, you've got to look at size as well. Thank God he hadn't, didn't have to take a penalty. Uh, because he was on one leg, you know, struggling away at the end. Did you see him running back when he had the bandage around his leg? I'm like, if he's got to go one and one, there was so many. I agree with Jules. I'm rebutting the midfield, but as a collective unit, Hake I mean, Hakimi, I want to see. I'm putting money down on a sprint, him and Mbappe, <laughs> over the over a football field. It's 50 50, isn't it?
It would be great to see. Hey, listen, when it comes to those penalties, though, this is how bad Spain's World well, Cup penalty record is. <laughs> it's as bad as England's. That's how bad it is right now, literally. Anyway, before the game, uh, Luis Enrique was asked about penalties, and he says, I imagine that they have done their homework. Over a year ago, in one of the Spain camps, I told them they had to get here with at least 1,000 penalties taken. If you wait until getting here to practice penalties, it won't be oh. enough. Well, if you wait to get to there and to ask who the number eight was, yeah. that's a bit late as well. That's probably not enough either. It, probably, yeah. it didn't look go. like they'd practiced 1,000 penalties each, Luis, today. Yeah, well, they probably did practice and probably they scored so many of them, but it's totally different when you are in training and you have in front of you a, goal, a friendly goalkeeper, your mates around, and you're joking around, and you've been training and practicing, you shoot maybe 15. We all done that, but it's a totally different situation. When you're right there, the whole crowd, you know the responsibility that it is to shoot that penalty, to score that penalty, and the feelings are right there. It's not the same. I can tell you that that feeling, you cannot see it or feel it anywhere else, and probably they're gonna remember this penalty shootout forever because it's something that sticks with you. And that's the way it is. So m many people, probably no one that has been uh, in front of a goalkeeper in a situation like that one is going to understand it. But definitely, you cannot practice that kind of penalties. I, I understand that, Craig. I want to speak to somebody taking penalties here. I understand that you can't practice for that pressure, especially a stadium like that, with that noise around them. And I don't mean to bring up England here, but I have to, because Gareth Southgate knew in 2018 it was a big psychological problem for England. And he still looked at how to deal with the mental side of it. And it did pay off for them. Could they have done anything to get some psychological training or to try and ensure this wouldn't... For England. The and the pen no, but they won their first penalty shootout in forever. And he'd, he'd taken in 2018. Did they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he'd looked at all different things, even the little things like the walk-up to taking the penalty, just mentality-wise, just something that could have helped players. Because, yes, you can't... You can't practice for that no. pressure, but surely there's something you can keep, do to help I'm just going to sit here and let you keep talking. And see <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make a noise when I'm convinced. I don't know what the noise is, but I'll make a noise. So there's absolutely nothing be, listen, you can leave do me to alone. I'd be like, I'll leave me alone. You can, you can work in technique and all this stuff all you like. You can bring in sports psychologists. I've, I've, I've seen them at clubs. I've had them at clubs. I mean, honestly, half the time it's, it's money for all rope. And uh, you can practice your technique pinging the ball into the corner and all that sort of stuff and whipping it across and waiting to the last minute. And then you get to that stage and the knees start buckling a little bit and you start thinking about the weight of the world and your shoulders and I, I don't know. Maybe there is a psychological thing to it. I, I, I don't know, it's an individual thing. Um, I just think sometimes we read too much into it. I mean, he brought the two guys on Soler and, and, and Sarabia for the penalties, I believe. They were terrible. Busquets is a great technician. Contrary to what Shaka said, wasn't a very good penalty. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know if there's... Look at Roberto Baggio, 90, was it 94 World Cup here? Yeah. Over the bar. It can just, it, it can just happen. What I would say is, to your point, if you have any doubt in this sort of environment, this is not the moment to do anything fancy, anything tricky. At some point, you go back to, you just mentioned technique, and you lean on that technique, something that you have done time and time again. You run up to this ball, you pick a corner, and you hit it as hard as you can. If the goalkeeper 
makes a big save, full stretch, and somehow is able to get there and makes a save, hey, look, credit to you. But if you go there with a slow run-up and you think that you're going to be able to hold your nerve in this particular moment with all these emotions, with this suffocating pressure and this tension, and then you're going to wait for the goalkeeper to make a move, and now you're going to try to manage somehow to just caress the ball into the back of the net, you have to be a big timer for that. You have to be at the very elite level. And I just don't think that this guy's their approach was correct. And think about Saravia for a second. He gets brought in to essentially take a penalty. Last second of the game, he hits the post. Goes and takes a penalty, hits the post again. Now that's tough. That is tough because the responsibility was given to you thinking that you were going to be the first guy and you were going to get us going. If you're Spain, you were going to get us going in the right direction. You hit it off the post and now the whole momentum that you think you were going to build up, now that momentum is gone and pressure is back on on Spain. So what was the penalty? Remind me, the 2018 Colombia. Yes. Right. So what happened in the three years after that? <laughs> am I saying it worked? Am I saying that's why it was? Maybe not. I'm just wondering yes. if there are measures you can take, you know, on the mental side of things. Look, anyway. Look, 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 the modern game, I understand. It's, there's, a, there's an entourage behind the scenes. We have throw-in coaches now at some clubs, whatever. We have set-piece coaches, which I believe most have. I heard the US had a set-piece coach. They never looked like scoring a goal from a set-piece. I don't know. Maybe we have or we will have penalty kick coaches. I mean, I don't know. The world's going bonkers. <laughs> At the end of the day, it is a huge, a huge test of nerve. Mm -hmm. Technique, but nerve. And you can't instill that into somebody. You might have been having a terrible game. You're, you're low in confidence. You're knackered. You might be having a great game, you're full of confidence, you're not getting any injuries, you're not cramping up. It, 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 you can't quantify it. Jules? It's just one last thing on it, because it's something that I've never, I have to say I've never seen before. I don't know from where Shaka was sat, but from where we were sat, we also had the screen with the cameras from the pitch. And it looked like Luis Enrique was not was not taking, a, were not taking part at all in picking the five players for Spain that play. After the game, he said that he only picked three out of the five. Well, you pick, you, you're the head coach and you pick three players out of five and then you let Busquets and the players on their own. I mean, Busquets was writing on the piece of paper to give to the referee what order and the name of his teammates that were going to take the penalties. I was like, I've never seen a coach not picking, the or at least not being part of the process of picking five players and maybe even six, seven and eight. But for him to go and just pick three and then just wander off pretty much and go and sit on the bench, by the way, by himself, when the rest of the staff and all the Serbs were all together, apart from him, when on the other side, all the Moroccans, including Walid Regragui, the head coach, were together, I thought from, from a Luis Enrique point of view, that was very, very poor again. Luis? What can I say? I mean, I, I, I mean, we have to wait and see how Jules will do it. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, everyone has got a way of doing the thing. Everyone is... is is, is thinking now everything looks like Luis Enrique is got all there because he picked the, the 11 he picked yeah but he didn't he wasn't there when uh, Sarabia put the ball with the right inside and didn't put it in I mean there are things that they are out of control of the manager and they are things that when he decided to pick the three of them is because they were the most experienced the best players on the field and they will give the, the, the confidence to the rest of them 
and he picked that one in the first one it was probably the best one taken over there hard and dry and he went out you cannot control that the, the you are out i mean we weren't we will not be talking about we will say oh luis enrique was so calm and confident about these players sitting down on the bench but because they lost now we are focusing on luis enrique to mention about this thing and this that he decided to put two uh, on the players because that's the way they do it sometimes the players inside the in, into the game they are players who are more confident they say no i'll take it let me take it and maybe Luis Enrique has been the one to say, no, it's going to be Busquets and it's going to be Sarabia. But the players say, no, I'm going to take it. And they take it because that's the confidence. That's what he decided to put these three, two, these three players and then another two to put it into the, to the, to the, to the decided of the players because maybe two of the players into the, into the team, they will say, I'm confident, give me the ball. Because they, let's not forget, there was Ansu Fati, Balde, uh, uh, Pedri, they were players 18 years old. You want to put those players through this situation. I think that he changes Sarabia for for Nico Williams because he didn't want to put him through to take the penalty at that age because he hasn't played many games for the national team. So at the end, we cannot be pointed to this one is not good, this one is not good. It's a decision that you have to make in that situation. And make sure to head on over to your podcast feed to check out the ESPN FC podcast. Every single day you'll get bonus content as well over there. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Morocco waited to see who they will be playing and it's Portugal who beat Switzerland 6-1. No Cristiano Ronaldo what? in the starting 11 but all the headlines and rightly so will go to 21-year-old Gonzalo Ramos scoring a hat-trick on his first World Cup start. That is Portugal progressing now and there is a lot to talk about when it comes to this game. Don't forget ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrids. All right, let's get to this game then. Switzerland are hard to beat, you know. <laughs> are they? <laughs> were, you, what, were you surprised to see Ronaldo on the bench? <laughs> no, we're going there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell How you did you know that? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, get another, I'll tell you another way. Uh, I was pleased to see Ronaldo on the bench. 
And I'm, it's, this is not this is not the ESPN FC uh, anti Ronaldo. I'm I'm up to I was up to there with the guy. I'm up. To, I think most people are up to you know the forehead with this fella. I, I, I think finally we've found out who the boss of Portugal finally is. And it's not Cristiano Ronaldo, it's Fernando Santos. For years and years and years, he's had been at the behest of his star. And he's finally thrown that out and gone, no. No, no, no. And I know there was some talk about the previous time when he came off. This is purely a performance-based decision. Purely. And he was vindicated with bells on it. Can't say no more than that. Ale, you said there is no way, mm -hmm. you said he should, but that there is no way Fernando Santos will leave Ronaldo on right. the bench. In fact, I'll go as far as to say that there is zero chance that Fernando Santos leaves uh, Ronaldo on the bench, that Ronaldo would be on the field and would be the captain for Portugal. And the reason I said that is because, historically, we thought of Fernando Santos as a very conservative guy. And this is not a conservative decision. Now, whether we thought that Portugal would be better with Ronaldo on the field or not, I think we all agree that a version of Portugal would be better because of the talent that they have available. But it's a conversation that went beyond that. While we sit comfortably in this studio and say, you know what, Fernando Santos, we think you should bench Ronaldo. To be able to make that decision for Portugal in a knockout stage of a World Cup, that says a lot about Fernando Santos himself and saying, I think this is best for the group. I think this gives us a chance not only to win this match, but to win this competition, to win the World Cup. And, it's, it, and while the decision makes sense, it's still a gigantic decision. It shows some fortitude from Fernando Santos to be able to do this. Because as we saw in this game, even watching it from TV, the attention, whatever happened on the field, the first thing that we're going to watch is the reaction of Ronaldo over here. And that is going to continue to happen. So the best thing that could have happened for Fernando Santos and Gonzalo Ramos, not only scoring, but scoring a hat trick. It's, it's a dream decision or a dream result for a big decision by Fernando Santos. A huge decision, Luis Garcia. And he was absolutely vindicated, the Portugal coach, because look at what Gonzalo Ramos did. Yeah, and not only Gonzalo Ramos, the whole team, I think, got the benefit of the, this, uh, this situation. I think it's been a, a couple of warnings of uh, Ronaldo doing some different uh, talks and, and, and pointing things and players. And at the end, I think he just decided to let's move on. Let's try to do this because it's going to be good for the team. It's gonna, we need a player who can play and run into the spaces, who can live with the players up front. And they found that uh, he's the perfect player. I mean, he's got that uh, composure when he's inside the box. He knows how to move in between the lines. The, the, the connection with the other players, with your Felix Fernandez, with uh, Silva, has been fantastic. And you can see uh, the, the way, the, the, the body language that he's got. Always quiet, always calm. I think it was a fantastic move. I'm, I don't want to take any credit from this Portugal side, but definitely we didn't see the best uh, Switzerland. We didn't see the Switzerland that, that uh, won in the previous game. And I think that that Portugal side with all these chaotic movements all around, all this freedom in the last year, I think they got advantage of that. And well, it was a massive result for them.
Talk about mental strength. Gonzalo Ramos, 21 years old, knowing all eyes will be on you. Cristiano Ronaldo has been benched, and then to go and do that, is that a new breakout star yeah, for the World Cup? Yeah, and he's been, he has been scoring goals for Benfica, but that's a big step up, isn't it? Big shoes to fill. And he filled them with, with, with aplomb. I can only just imagine every time that a goal went in, and <laughs> the, the, Croatia, the, Croatia, the Portugal bench ran down to the touchline. Ronaldo must have been, <laughs> must have been ho- trying to hold like 10 of them back, going, no, I'm going to have to go. He had to follow them, otherwise he knew the cameras were on him and the story would have been Ronaldo not celebrating. Look, it freed up, and Luis just mentioned it, it, it just seemed to free up Portugal. We had a youngster with uh, obviously great goal-scoring talent, good movement, good runs. We saw the best of João Felix. You know, he just looked as if he had a weight off his shoulders. Bernardo Silva, you know, Bruno Fernandes. All these guys, it wasn't like they were looking for Ronaldo. Where is he? And he's getting upset if we're not getting the ball to him. No, it was about, it was about the collective. And, and, and that was absolutely brilliant. What Fernando Santos has done, however long he remains in this job and however long they remain in this tournament, he's just said to the rest of this team, nobody is undroppable. Mm. Nobody is undroppable. And I do have options, and they were superb. But, I, you know, I, I think that Cristiano Ronaldo said about the Man United stuff, I don't respect Eric Ten Hag, blah, 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 blah. And we know why, generally. He can throw all the nonsense around because he wasn't playing. Now he has it from his international manager. Does he respect him? We're going to find out. So what will we find out next, though, Jules? Will he start in the next game, Cristiano Ronaldo, or does it stay this way? Does he start? You can't drop Gonzalo Ramos now after scoring a hat-trick. <laughs> and by the way, there's, a, there's an assist as well on the Guerrero goal. You can't drop him, it's impossible. So maybe Cristiano was hoping that the move and the call would backlash and then that he would be called back almost as a saviour in the quarterfinal, saying we actually need him. Look, we played without him, it didn't work out. He worked better without him than with him. So now you have to go with the same team again. Yeah, maybe you can look at your options at full-backs, for example. You can maybe move... Neves can come back, for example, if you want in midfield instead of Carvalho. There's a few things you can do, but you can't drop Gonzalo Ramos right now. Gonzalo Ramos has earned the right, and rightly so, to play in the quarterfinals and then potentially even more than that if he continues playing the way he did. And it's, again, not just the goals and the assists tonight. It's everything else that he did. It's all the running, all the pressing, all the things that Cristiano didn't do anymore. Does Switzerland not turn up then tonight, Shaka? No, no, they didn't. Um, I, I thought I thought they were very poor. Um, not trying to take anything away from Portugal, um, and but as, as much as as much as, as, as Switzerland were really poor, um, I, I think credit goes to, to to this Portuguese team, which everybody has has discussed from the starting lineup to how you, how you manage that Cristiano Ronaldo um, situation. Let, let's call it to Gonzalo Ramos coming in and having the impact that he did to a Portugal team that's finding their best performance as good as they were in the group stage I thought this was easily their their best performance of of the tournament so far so Switzerland will go home tail between the legs rightly so but I I don't think that's the story the story here is a Portuguese team that continues to grow continues to change who they are and credit to Fernando Santos I as well didn't think he he had it in him to, to, to leave out Ronaldo as, as, as he did. But no, quite clearly, there's, there's no turning back. There's no way back. 
<laughs> there is zero chance. No. Zero chance. And also the fact he I don't know if, if there's any injury involved, but he was able to leave out Joe Cancelo, who is a terrific, terrific fullback. Uh, not that Guerrero's not, uh, but it's a different kind of player. Maybe he's worried about maybe he was worried about Cancelo's defensive deficiencies. Uh, but Switzerland never offered a lot. But can you imagine him changing that team now? No, 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 please. 6-1. 6-1. How they played in the middle of the park, how they played in an attacking unit. Yeah, look, Pepe, he's almost 40. It's not easy, you know, playing against pace. It might, they might be exposed, but what, I mean, has he other options? He clearly doesn't think he has better options, otherwise he would have played them. But as for the rest, I mean, if you win 6-1 and play in that in that fashion I just don't see a way I mean Ronaldo stuff is definitely not changing but I just don't see how you're going to tinker with the midfield or the fullbacks or anything else that would be micromanaging so it is Morocco to take on Portugal now in the quarterfinals just taking a look at some more scenes from this game and what a game that sets up as well with Morocco being one of the surprises of the round that's what we'll be seeing next the quarterfinal bracket is set so we know what to look forward to but when it does come to that game we're going to take a look at the odds for it at ESPN FC as a reminder on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid Portugal 6-1 against Switzerland. But when it comes to the odds, obviously Portugal coming into this one would be favourites, given the fact that Morocco even coming into that game against Spain were underdogs, but they have definitely given a great account of themselves. Now, how do you see it going, Ale? Well, Morocco's not going to change the way that they play. The difference is that they're going to play against a Portugal team that has a better attacking core group than what Spain has. And do have now... A focal point in the attack and Gonzalo Ramos, who is also a physical presence, who won't just float around. He will be there available for service. The movement of the ball and the pace with which Portugal is playing is quicker than what Spain showed in this tournament. And so, therefore, I still think Portugal rightfully will be the favorites going into this match. And I just don't know that Morocco continues to play this way. It's defensively they were so solid and you have to continue to be this way and you have to continue to move together and I'm sure that the fans will be with them but in terms of quality in the attacking half Portugal is better than what Morocco can offer. How much does that count for though because we heard that stadium today with the fans supporting Morocco Craig Portugal know that they're coming into that in this game. Yeah but 120 minutes mm -hmm. injuries no doubt to some of the Moroccan players and we saw we've mentioned size Jules mentioned Amrabat and what he went through just to get on the field. They'll have to double that up to get back out. They won't capitulate like Switzerland, I'll, not for a minute, and their record will tell you that. But the Portugal looked good. I, I, I didn't think Portugal were going to be a factor in this World Cup. I really didn't. But after seeing that today, this World Cup is evolving so fast with surprises. But after seeing that today... I, I've got to change my mind. I mean, I think there'll be a difficult nut to crack, but I think Portugal uh, will do it. And, and yeah, I mean, when you're bringing on, when you're, and I mentioned Cancelo, when no Ronaldo's on the bench, not because he's goal, but when you're bringing on and not playing Rafael Leal, who has been arguably Milan's best player and who is such a threat with pace and power and finishing, even he's not getting a game. I think Portugal have introduced himself as a real worry for others in this World Cup. One of the most difficult things that Morocco is going to face in this game is the <clears> fact that you've gone on a high, right? You, you beat Spain 
and the celebrations in Morocco and the celebrations everywhere and the celebrations around the team and you've gone on this high and physically you've and emotionally you spent yourself now you're going to have to go on a high to then come back down to earth and then be able to rev it up again in the game against Portugal whereas Portugal basically in the second half had a training session much like Brazil did against South Korea those things end up adding up towards the end of the competition and that's where I think Portugal will be stronger than Morocco. Jules, will you back, back Morocco again for this game? I would love to, but I agree with the boys and I think fitness is an issue here. We mentioned already Saiz Aguerd, who's been amazing in this competition, came off because of an injury as well and we saw him in the mix zone after and he didn't look too confident. Saiz, we mentioned Amrabat, Hakimi is not 100%. Bufal can only last an hour because he's not fully fit either. You've got Ziyech, who after 75 minutes could not run anymore. And I, th I do think that the, 100, the 120 minutes tonight might just be too much for when, for when these, this quarterfinal comes against Portugal, which would be a shame. But this is a team that is very physical and that based a lot of their strength on that physicality and on this effort that they do together. And if you're only 50% or if half your team is only 70%, they're going to struggle to play again at this level and they would have to do exactly the same thing as they did today against Portugal. And I just, I just, I, I'm, I'm worried that this time the step is too high for them. But then uh, to, to that point, Jules, I, I think Morocco are playing with house money at this point. Um, just understanding, understanding the feeling regionally about Morocco and that, and that win against Spain, what, what it means for, for, for not just them. Um, I, for, for, for Morocco to go out against Portugal will not be seen as, as a failure. They, I, I think the success against Spain tr trumps that by, by some way. It's difficult to make an argument for Morocco to get the better of Portugal. The one complaint or the big complaint we had about Spain is the lack of the plan B, the lack of, of somebody creative in the midfield, which... Portugal have in, in Bruno Fernandes. So unless Fernando Santos decides to play Bruno Fernandes deeper than the centre-halves in the way that Luis Enrique decided to do with Pedri and Gavi, <laughs> I, I, I just don't see, I don't see how, as selfish as Morocco has been all tournament, I don't see how they keep Portugal out. And sadly, this run um, for Morocco comes to an end here. I say sadly, but I, I don't think it with any disgrace at all. What do you think, Louise? The end of the road for Morocco against Portugal? Yeah, probably we, we can see another setback, another surprise, but I don't think this is going to happen. I, I mean, they've done an amazing job. They make history, and that's something that you're going to take uh, uh, for them uh, from this World Cup. Playing against this Portugal side with all this plan that we were talking, players who can be players, Rafael Leal, that is one of the most incredible on 1v1s and the power. And then you go Cristiano Ronaldo, you can bring in the second half or balls in the air, also under Silva. So that's the plan B we were talking about that Spain didn't have players who can change uh, that you're playing. If the tiki-taka inside is not working with Joe Felix, uh, with uh, Fern uh, Bernardo Silva, with players of Fernando Fernandez, if that's not working, you can start crossing with Singerero today just putting fantastic wipes into the box and you have Andre Silva, Cristiano Ronaldo players arriving in second line plus set pieces that are, as we've seen today they are very important and, very, and they are very good uh, this Portugal side so yeah I think Portugal to go through. What about Xhaka? Hmm? I know we're going to have all to the way, go. All the way out to Doha just to get a company branded t-shirt. <laughs> no you uh, were saying there's no free tickets he gets uh, one as soon as he gets there. Look. 
He's a company man. Look at him. He's a company man through and through. Look. Well, hey, what he's he... winning. He's got his own yeah. studio. 7,000 mile to get That's a 1999 t-shirt. <laughs> We're going to have to let him go, Worth aren't we? Worth every penny. Worth every penny. We're going to have to let him go and get some rest because he's already worked far I've got, I've too go hard. Wa- I've got to go rest. wash it. I've got to go wash my T-shirt, Kay. I need to, I need to wash it. I need to I have to wear this tomorrow again. Yes. <laughs> we'll get Jules to report back on if there's a smell emanating from it. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. We'll hear more from you tomorrow. Poor Jules will be continuing to work, though. The Gavin Jules podcast oh, has been that's work. continuing to deliver from Qatar. Make sure to check that out wherever you do get your podcasts. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So the World Cup bracket is set, and these are the teams that are in it. Netherlands, Argentina, Croatia, Brazil, England, France, and Morocco taking on Portugal. Who's looked best so far of these teams? That's what's going to be interesting to see as Who's we take on the a look. side of the bracket? <laughs> At the World Cup odds. We nearly dived then. Brazil up there at the top still, followed by France, Argentina, and then England. Of the teams that are left in it for you, Ale, who stood out to you? It's hard to look past that first half by Brazil against South Korea. That was some kind of special. And that, that version of Brazil, if they're able to recreate that, I think they're unstoppable. However, reaching that height once again in the latter stages of the competition is going to be difficult, but I cannot look past the talent that was in full display by Brazil in the first 45 minutes against South Korea. That was truly, truly impressive. Would you pick Brazil, Craig? Yeah, I think Brazil uh, with that, but uh, I think you throw Portugal in today after that performance. I think that was more impressive than what England did to Senegal or what what the French have done. Uh, The French have been... Mbappé-esque, whereas that Portugal performance, that Brazil performance was interchanging of passes, it was four and five players, one touch football, the Richarlison goal was, you know, when it went in and it was, I can't remember how many people were involved, and similar with Portugal today, it, was, it wasn't, yeah, it was about the young striker, but everybody else was involved, um, and, 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 the, and a lot of the goals, the work ethic, 
And I think the Portugal performance for me today has been the second most impressive mm. after Brazil, whenever it was, yesterday or the day mm. before. No, they're all rolling into one. Now, we will get a break, though. There will be two days without football right Shaka now. Shaka working? <laughs> no, doubt it. Come on. Now. Doubt it. He's already worked far too much for one Come day. On. Luis Garcia, who's impressed you most from the teams that are left standing? Yeah, I guess that uh, Brazil, of course, impressed us all by the, the, the whole team spirit. We all like the Jogo Bonito. But I have to say that uh, don't forget that France has got a lot of cool players. It's true that against Poland, to score three against uh, uh, the Polish team that uh, they were tough to, to beat. It's true that Mbappé was doing the job, but uh, we cannot forget uh, it was Dembélé, it's Coman, it's Griezmann, Rabiot is very good for them in the middle of the park. Giroud has been top uh, record uh, for the team. So I think that this French team has got something to say. I got them in the final against Brazil because I think that they got enough into the field uh, from the 11 starter and a lot into the way, bench waiting for the, for the chance. So I think we, we're going to see a, a good friends uh, coming on. You know, Luis, contractually obligated to mention Dembele at least twice in the show. <laughs> Dembele. Which, <laughs> which he has done already. I'm, I'm just saying he is covering his contract, yes. <laughs> yep, he's going to keep getting the chance because there's an, at least another game yet for them. Uh, the quarterfinals get underway. He loves Dembele. Why not? Uh, yeah, quarterfinals getting underway on Friday, but lots more soccer action for you Wednesday and Thursday. Don't you worry. Stockport County against Charlton and Gillingham taking on Daggers. Dagenham and Redbridge. Ah. Wednesday and Thursday, FA Cup action for you on ESPN+. Anyway, that will do it oh, for the latest edition of ESPNFC. What a we day. We don't get t-shirts. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We're we here. Don't. That's all right. But anyway, thank I'm you so much for being with us. What these guys have to do is stay behind and answer your tweets on Extra Time. Stick around. That's coming up next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Extra Time is sponsored by Globen. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for sending your tweets in. Craig Burley, what, Ali what? Moreno and Luis Garcia here. Has the line gone down from Doha or something? Yeah, well, Shaka needs a rest, I told you. And this is beauty sleep. He's like Cinderella, he's going to turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> beauty sleep is the right terminology, but... <laughs> well, he looks good on it. Let's just say it's that. interesting, we never really discussed... I don't know if we discussed it in the show, but... Luis, what do you think will happen with, unless it has already, have I missed something? Luis Enrique, do you think he'll make a decision or do you think the Spanish FA will make a decision? Uh, 
I think the, the, the contract expired uh, after the World Cup and uh, they asked him if uh, he was uh, going to continue. He said there was no moment right now to make any decisions. I think that the Spanish Federation is going to uh, ask him to stay, at least for the Europe. We'll see what he decides, what the, 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 the crew decide. But uh, definitely, I think that they want to give him the chance to continue with this group of young talents and see if they can manage to, to get a good result for the Euros. But um, I think it's coming on in the next couple of weeks. More importantly, is he going to continue to stream and Twitch and all these things that he was doing during the World Cup? Is that... I hope so. I actually enjoyed oh. quite a lot of his content. More importantly, is he going to get a psychological penalty coaching? <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the next cycle, for the next cycle. Yeah, he's got one. He sits on the bench like that. But him, he sits on the bench and... Yeah, remember it. England, Colombia? You know, these things pay off great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it could be a World Cup win. I'll tell you what, you're, not, you're going to regret that if England go to a penalty shootout and lose. I'll regret any time England goes to a penalty shootout. I've lived long enough to see too many, but you said too that, many bad ones. But you said they were prepared mentally. There's a big report okay. on how they prepared for that, and they believe that's why they finally won a penalty shootout. How do you, how do you prepare mentally for penalty? How do you prepare? Do you sit, is it the mentally prepared players go and sit in a separate room and like just... <laughs> <laughs> stare at each other or watch, stare at a wall? It's like, it's, it's it? a tiny fine margin. Or do you walk around the hotel complex perimeter of the, <laughs> of the, of the lush gardens talking to yourself? <laughs> I can't score a penalty, I can't score, I can't, I will, I score, I score, I score, I score. Is this how you did it? Yeah. <laughs> no. I should have already known as an English person never to bring up the P word and I won't be doing so again. Anyway, Luis, since the first game against Costa Rica, Spain's performance has declined. What areas do they need to address to avoid this disaster next World Cup. Well, I guess we all know that we need to continue working on players afro who can make the difference, players who can score goals. We don't have that many players. Morata is very scored three goals and just playing some minutes, but we need to the players like this who can get involved into the balls, who can be players. I think the Daniel Mo style is the players who we need, that they can be bold and fearless when they are near the box. They can try their luck. We've seen Daniel Mo try quite often. Uh, shooting to, to target, that's something that the rest of the players didn't do much and that helps sometimes to open up the defenders and create some spaces and uh, I think that that's a little bit, it's about trying to be more aggressive in front and near the box because Tiki Taka we have it, talent we have it, I think in defense we've been quite good because we haven't conceded many goals so it's all about to try and, and, fight and get the, the end product. Yeah, we've got another question for you, actually, Louise. Can a goalie who plays in the same league as the team they're going up against give them an edge over their opponent in penalties, like we saw today with Bono against Spain? He's obviously been playing there for a decade now. Do you think that gave him any edge in that penalty shootout? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Kay. I was watching the game with my son. He was complaining about it, but he knows them. He knows them. And that's totally true. When you have a goalkeeper who uh, you've been in front, even some uh, he played with some of them, so you know in the regular basis where are the, the best spots, where are they, they get nervous to, to, to shoot too because you've been talking, you've been in the same dressing room. So I think that that didn't uh, help uh, Spain in the, in the beginning. And well, Bono, I think that got advantage. You could see that he was smiling, he was confident, and I think that he was putting more nerves on the, on the Spanish players. Ale. Fernando Santos is asking you to call him and apologize properly. You were so wrong about him. And I said it on the show. 
Yes, I was wrong about Fernando Santos. I did not think, given the history of decisions of Fernando Santos in the past, that this is the decision that he would make at this point of the competition. If he was going to sit or bench Ronaldo, I thought it would have happened before the World Cup. That coming into the World Cup, Ronaldo would have known that his role with the national team had changed. To make it in the middle of the tournament, yeah, that takes something. And Fernando Santos obviously made the right choice. I didn't think he had it in him. Fernando Santos, I'm sorry. You got it right. Beautifully right. <laughs> Can this tournament get any better for Eric Ten Hag? <laughs> I mean, he sat, I don't know, I hope he's had him in a little holiday somewhere and he's on a Chateau Neuf de Pape sitting there and smoking a cigar. He probably doesn't do either of those things. It's sparkling water. <laughs> he's not only did he bench Ronaldo and, and won the fight, just before the World Cup started, the club managed to get rid of him and now he's been dropped for the national team. Somewhere he's sitting there going, go on my son, Fernando, go on my son, I told you. You know what I mean? Where is Ronaldo again? Where did he, I mean, uh, Ted Hag. Ten Hag, where is he hanging out? Where did you say he was? He's on a vacation somewhere. Oh, I don't know. I know Chateau Neuf de Pape. I'll explain what that is to some of you. Large, a large cigar. Big vino, big one about that size. Might even have a straw in it. Because <laughs> things are going so good for him with Ronaldo. Hey, it ain't over yet, it ain't over yet. It's not just me, it's him. See, it's not just me who has problems. <laughs> well, well it links us Shatter to the next one. Pop, look it up. Well, look <laughs> not your, it's not your Lumbrusco. And we won't see any pictures of Stevie and his Speedos there, hopefully. Oh, trust me, trust me, oh. Stevie. Oh, no. Stevie has never sampled a Chateau Neuf de Pop <laughs> in his puff. <laughs> It's definitely sampled the wine in the cigar, I'm sure. Anyway, Craig, what do you think was I going... enough to pop his wine. Oh. <laughs> You're a lover, okay? You got it. You're... <laughs> I'm a Pinot Noir drinking myself. Pinot Noir. Well, Pinot Noir is all right, but I shot it. Oh. You can take uh, the person out of T-Sides, <laughs> you you're all over it, okay? <laughs> we know what you are though when you go to the pub. Hey, get me a pint of lager. I'll have a diesel, please. Uh, and you were making fun <laughs> of Stevie I'm, and his speedos. I'm working with Lambrusco drinkers here. <laughs> Leave for a match. Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, and that's that for me. Barolo? Barolo? <laughs> <laughs> Barolo. That's well, another hint when he says Obviously, Luis is so shocked, and I did forget to say Rioja there as well, Luis. Oh, I am sorry, oh. and I'm sorry for offending Please. any cultured types like yourself oh. and Craig Burley. Oh. <laughs> oh. Didn't you see when he said Chateauneuf? She'll be in the she'll be in the liquor store <laughs> in Connecticut somewhere the night going, go in this bloody Chateauneuf. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about it. The guy comes out with it and be like. <laughs> 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 Okay. Uh, I don't have too many drinks these days with two kids, let me tell oh, you. Oh, here we go. Mate. All right. I did have a few with Frank LeBoff and Dan Thomas the other night, well, though. Yeah, ask Frankie about it. <laughs> it's French. Frank would be disgusted with my lack of knowledge on yeah, that I'm one. i you know, Frank. He has. He has he gone home. himself back in Paris. <laughs> Craig, what do you think was going through Ronaldo's mind when Ramos scored his hat-trick? Pride or anger? Well, look, think about it another way. He's one step closer to doing, he's, he's still got this messy thing. I mean, there's still, I would imagine, rivalry. Messi's still in the hunt to win a World Cup. Neither of them, neither of them have. Two of the greatest players of the generation by a stretch. 
Neither of them have won a World Cup. Didn't look like either of them were going to have a chance, let's be fair, when Portugal, even though they got a good squad, nobody saw that performance coming. Nobody saw Argentina being where they are after match day one. Whether it's him or somebody else, they could possibly go and give himself a chance. So he, he has to feel good about that. But he has, I don't know about the playing side, he's got to be gutted. But the fact that he could win a World Cup, even if he's not playing, I don't know. Conflicted. Conflicted. It's what, what I think Ronaldo is conflicted. That he wants to be out there. Everything in his body tells him that he has to be out there in order for Portugal to win. And the best version of Portugal is out there without him. That is difficult to take for a player of the stature and the talent over the course of his career and the productivity of Cristiano Ronaldo. If they win a World Cup, yeah, and that is a big F, because yeah. it's not easy to replicate what they did today, and, and they won't face a side maybe like Switzerland. But if they were to win a World Cup and he gets 15 minutes off the bench, he still won the World Cup. Yeah. But that's Even not, if he didn't get a minute. Of think the about the Euros from 2016. He played little part of the final when he had to come off injured, yeah. but he was on the side pushing yeah. the team forward. But I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, Luis Garcia, mm. a long time ago, did have Portugal as one of his favourites for the tournament, yeah. I do have to say. Really? Yes, he did. I remember Luis Garcia, you saying Portugal can go all the way and win it, and you're probably still feeling that way if you were feeling that way before it. I think that they, they know how to compete. I think that they all the players, they know how to compete. When these moments arrive, you can see that uh, they hand in there when they are struggling. They know how to hold uh, results and they got talent. We all know that there is a, a new transition of play. There is a new generation of players with a lot of talent. They're more coming because Portugal has been always uh, 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 an academy of young talents for the whole Europe. So I knew that they will compete. I wasn't expecting a, a result like this one in quarterfinal and in, in, in last 16. I wasn't expecting them performing like this, but I was expecting uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench. So yeah, few few things over there. And I would say that Cristiano Ronaldo at the moment for me is frustrated, very frustrated because he knows that he can add something into the game, but he has to realize that he cannot give what these young talents are given. And that, they, that must be so frustrating for him, knowing that this Portugal is going to continue and he cannot jump in there with them. All right, since Don isn't here, can Luis give us the percentage chance Ronaldo starts the next game? Zero. Z zero. Zero percent. <laughs> I think so. I've gone on the record with zero. I'll double down on zero. Alan. <laughs> you know, we might send Don a message and tell him that's a hundred percent chance that he's going to start. <laughs> Just, just to clarify. Clarify for Don. I miss Don. I think Don's coming on Thursday, right? Is he? He's coming over here. Is he actually going to be here? Oh, he's going to be on the show, not here. Because oh, oh. if he came over, he could have brought some Chateau Neuf de Pape. Who? I mean, apparently it's a lovely cigar. <laughs> I didn't think it was a cigar. I thought it was a cigar. I thought it was like some villa or something. <laughs> so when you said he hasn't on, been near on. it, I hold thought... On, hold on. You thought Chateau Neuf de Pape was a villa? You said Chateau, so I was like, okay, you know, could be a villa somewhere. My, my Spanish and my Italian's way better than my French, let me tell you. Well, I wasn't talking French, I was talking English. I thought I was anyway. It was Chateau Neuf. I don't think... I think it was the hand signal. I mean, that's universal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't think Don drinks it anyway, so... Okay. 
Melon Crave. With the World Cup expanding, will you be excited about Venezuela and Scotland qualifying, or will you think they don't really deserve it? <laughs> I saw some in the, one of the Scottish papers that was on uh, clipped on Twitter. Uh, don't buy the papers these days. I don't think anybody does. Sat at home, and it was something along that lines about going to the is it the next one? It's 48 yep. in America, here in the US, and how that's just a huge opportunity now for teams like Scotland, Venezuela, and others uh, to go. I, I personally don't agree with it, even if it's the country that I played for, because I think World Cups are for elite teams. You have to earn your way. It's not like we already have a parachute in, in Europe through the Nations League. It's easier, easier than ever to get to certainly the Euros, major tournaments, because of the Nations League. It's never been easier. And now we have the World Cup where it's like all-inclusive. Where, where do we stop? I, I don't like the 48 World Cup. I, 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 and I have said time and time again that, yeah, this is an exclusive tournament, not inclusive. Uh, you earn your way. You qualify to be part of this very exclusive club. Now, if Venezuela make it, I'll be the first one with a Venezuela national team jersey on. Vamos Venezuela! <laughs> Will they deserve it though? <laughs> Do you think I care? Do you think I care? If that means that Venezuela makes it to the World Cup, guess what? We've never made it, so we'll take any, any chance that we can possibly get. But do I like the 4018 World Cup? No. And I, but I don't think South America is getting that much help when it comes to the 4018 World Cup anyways. It may be one more spot or maybe one and a half. That means that we still got to beat a bunch of good teams in order to get to that spot. So it's not, it's not a giveaway for Venezuela in any, by any means. Think about the other side of the coin. That might be, I, I don't know what the European section side of it is, but if you, you got a 418 World Cup and you don't get there, you start <laughs> going, okay, 64? 100? Oh, yeah, so. No. All right, for the, for the guys in K, for Christmas, if you could have any signed jersey, past or present, which one do you choose? Any what, sorry? Any signed jersey. Luis, do you have any thoughts on that? Any signed jersey? I will go for Maradona one. I never had the chance of having a shared sign. I got one uh, jersey that I bought a long time ago, and I thought that I would meet him. I met him once, but he was like in and out, and I wouldn't have the chance. So, yeah, I would love to have a, a sign shared by Maradona. I'm going to go with the Ronaldo Phenomeno, who was my favorite player really growing up. And, and, and I think the best player that I've ever played against, and that's including Messi and Neymar and, and a few others, uh, he was everything that I wanted to be as a striker and was nowhere near. Uh, so, and, and it's realistic, I played against Ronaldo. I didn't think of getting his signature back then. I thought that uh, probably not the right time to be doing that after a World Cup qualifier. But yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo, phenomenal. The original, the OG Ronaldo. That's the guy that I would want. You crazy? Yeah, I could have had his as well. If I chased him down the tunnel in the Stade de France at the World Cup. Yeah. What's the Stade de France? Is it a special red wine? Go on. Go on. Go on. 
So I chased so, him. So we played. We played Brazil at the Chateauneuf de Pape, <laughs> and then I went for a glass See, of scotch. See, it would work. France. It's like Italian last names. They work with any curry A few of the boys name. did chase him down the tunnel. Oh, that, that's a lie. They did. They went into the Brazilian dressing room. That's the Dorbin knock, by the way, just in case you don't know. <laughs> and uh, they went in, and I, I don't know if anybody actually got... I, I didn't bother getting anybody, so to be honest, we'd lost the game, and I'm not really in one for keeping memorabilia. But I think a few of the boys went down, and I'm not sure I'd be telling a lie if I said, I presume that's the one that they went for, although there was quite a list. Mm. Rivaldo, Cafu, Roberto Carlos, Dunga, Tafarel, but he was the one. Bebeto. Bebeto. Yeah. I remember our manager telling us before the game, Bebeto, we knew Bebeto anyway, but I remember Craig Brown saying, everybody's talking about everybody's talking about Bebeto. And let me tell you about Bebeto. Six months ago, he was offered to the to Heart of Midlothian. And Jim Jeffries, the Heart of Midlothian manager, said, no, not good enough. <laughs> And we all sat and laughed. We went, oh, but don't talk absolute nonsense. So he was using that as a motivational that, speech. Yeah, that was, a, that was some of the things he used to say. Bebeto was offered to Heart of Midlothian and Big Jim Jeffries said, nah, don't fancy him. <laughs> Six months later, he's playing behind uh, Ronaldo in the World Cup. I mean, just nonsense. Brilliant. <laughs> See? What can you do? That doesn't happen at a Chateauneuf de Pape. No, it <laughs> I would go for one from Gaza from 1990. Gaza? Yeah, just for uh, a bit of 19, nostalgia. Oh, the Italian 90? Yeah, Italian 90. Maradona, Pele. Yeah, Pele would be amazing as well. Uh, all yeah. these players, yeah. Uh, Stuart Robson will be on with us tomorrow. Not here, there, but he'll be on. So make sure you join us then. Is he a wine connoisseur like yourself? <laughs> Definitely better than me, I can tell you that. We're live every night during the World Cup. Make sure to join us tomorrow. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.